Now, I want to talk about the spiritual reason, what's happening when you are triggered. And I'm going to say it plainly. When you are triggered, you are giving over the power to a thought form or an attachment in your field. That thought form or attachment could have come on in that instance, or it could be one that is lying dormant in your field. You're also possibly giving the power and the dominance over to pain body. Pain body is a thought form within your field. the Charmed Life Podcast. My name is Trisha Carr, and I am your host. I appreciate you joining me here. This episode is just myself, and you can find other episodes where I am having a conversation with someone. If it's your first time watching or listening, welcome. You can watch the video version on YouTube, and you can also listen to it on the any way that you get your podcasts. I'm also very active on Instagram, so I invite you to find me on Instagram and stay connected that way. You can find my Instagram handle in the description or the show notes, however, you're listening or watching or find me at Trisha Carr Charm. Charm, just C-H-A-R-M. You know, this show is called Charmed Life. And I every now and again explain why I named it Charmed Life. Well, there's a couple of reasons. There was an inspiration that happened when I was having my spiritual metaphysical opening in which I was communing with spirit guides and having this healing and attuning session in this deep trance meditation that I was conducting just on my own. And uh, one of my master guides placed a clover, a four-leaf clover, into my left shoulder, the energy uh, body, you know, into the left area, the the area of my left shoulder, and said, indeed, you are charmed. Now, What this means, though, so the word charm is really about magic, Uh, magical sense is really synonymous with magic. And the reason I named this show Charmed Life is not to say that my life is charmed. It's not really personal. It's really the fact that life itself is magic. The way that I feel it or see it in, in, in my inspirational experience when I'm resonating with, um, the universe, I guess, or with God, source, is that we are a dispatch. We are the way that God or source or the universe is actually alive. I heard Alan Watts say today on, uh, Alan Watts is a a speaker, and I believe he's passed now, but he has a lot of material out there still. He was a teacher, a philosopher, a spiritual teacher. And I heard on on his podcast where they're actually playing lectures, his old lectures, he said, you are what the universe is doing and what you call the here and now. I'm paraphrasing, but it was pretty close to that. I didn't write it down verbatim. And so you are the universe. You are everything that you see and and everything that you can imagine that you can experience inside and without. It's all one. Now this sounds a bit like yeah, that's true, but I really loved the way Alan Watts said it. He said also you can hopefully at some point you could look out into the cosmos and if you're looking through a telescope and then you can identify that, see that and say, ah, that is me. And so that's what I mean by a charmed, the charmed life, that life itself is charmed. Life itself, the frequency of it, the capacity of it being created, manifesting, it is magical or it is magic. 
Well, today I wanted to talk a little bit about triggered, being triggered. Honestly, I feel like this is being utilized a lot lately. I'm triggered, you're triggered. So let me let me cover some of the ways that I've observed it being used in a, a new and maybe even sometimes excessive way. One way I've seen it used in conversation between people, maybe if they're having some an uncomfortable conversation or a contentious conversation, and one person will say to the other, I'm sorry that you're being triggered, for example. Now, you may have seen this in some kind of chat forums and comments, or you may have heard someone say it. I don't watch reality television, but I can imagine that it's there in that, <laughs> in that kind of activity and those ways that people are interacting with one another. And you have a sense, and if it's ever been said to you in this context, you know that it's actually passive aggressive. A person is saying it almost as a way to um, say what you're saying hasn't has not any value because you are triggered. I got to say, it's kind of like when if you're if you're a person who menstruates, and you've had a person who does not menstruate say to you, "Oh, are you on your period?" And oh, you know what I mean. How infuriating that is because it's trying to diminish your point of view and your emotional and intellectual position by saying you have something else going on and it's therefore it's not real, invalidated. So anyway, you, I just want to call this out a little bit because I find that as a passive aggressive trope that's showing up here and there. Another way that I see it overused or maybe used in a way to kind of uh, bypass some real work or conversation is I'll even just, I'll hear someone say, well, I was triggered and it, it, and therefore somehow by saying that it can excuse any actions, it can excuse any responsibility. And it's also a way to sort of put onto the other person who triggered them that they are responsible for, the other person is responsible for my actions. So I'm putting that out there. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you've not witnessed this, great. The reason I like to kind of call out some things like this, or I think it's good for us to call out something like things like this, it's to me, it is as if it's as when Jesus was um, calling demons out of someone. And so the mythology of it, the way we would use in this this comment, it's like, your, tell me your name, demon. And as you identify it, it starts to lose its power. That's my intention here. With that, let me move on now to what is really happening when you are triggered, when one is actually triggered. And we all get triggered every now and again. This isn't something to uh, excuse or or feel embarrassed about. Or there's no there's no reason to feel like there's something flawed about something that is very human that will happen from time to time. Now, I don't think that we should indulge it if we notice it's happening. I think that it is now akin to when in the Bible says, when when you're in anger, do not sin, meaning do not make a mistake, do not miss the mark. Sin means to miss the mark. It's It's taken from archery. It means missing the mark. So when you're angry, do not act and let the anger inform the action. The anger anger is meant to it's a it's a useful emotion. It's a human emotion. Anger in its highest benefit is meant to break up complacent energy. If we are if we are in a state of complacency or illusion and whether it's by our own doing or by someone else's and you know in this kind of 
3D level of observing what's happening. The anger is meant to motivate us towards something that is action, but it's not meant to be the informer of the action. It doesn't help in that way because anger is is operating in the fight-flight mechanism. And, and fight-flight really can only help you to do that, to either fight, meaning fight off a predator, fight off someone physically who is harming you, or to flee and run away, therefore escape. Neither one of those are going to be, help, us, help to solve a problem in a sustainable way. That's what anger is in the realm of. And I talk about anger because clearly being triggered has anger in it. It's, I mean, sometimes it makes one really, really sad and depressed, but usually there is an activation, there is an anger, a quality of anger in being triggered. Now, I want to talk about the spiritual reason, what's happening when you are triggered. And I'm going to say it plainly. When you are triggered, to whatever degree that is, big triggering or minor triggering, you are giving over the power to a thought form or an attachment in your field. That thought form or attachment could have come on in that instance, or it could be one that is lying dormant in your field. And you're also possibly giving the power and the the um, dominance over to pain body. Pain body is a thought form within your field. And hopefully most of us are walking around and our pain body is mostly dormant, but that's not always the case. I've had periods of my life where my pain body was hair trigger active. Maybe for a moment it was that if I could have a laugh or something, but I was in such a state of pain and disrepair from abuse and other things that my life had either been through and currently were in, that my pain body was highly active. And so let me explain what a few of those things are in case you're not familiar with any of those terms. I'll go, I'll digress. I'll go backwards. So pain body. Eckhart Tolle has a great teaching on the pain body in his book, The Power of Now. He probably talks about it in um, A New Earth, but I particularly recall it from The Power of Now. The pain body is we have an individual pain body and we have a collective pain body that we could be plugged into energetically. Pain body is a thought form, so I guess I have to kind of explain them all, all together in layers. Thought form, and I'm going to link in here. Um, a, another episode where I've talked about thought forms and I and there's another episode where Crystal Ann Compton and I were did had a conversation and we talked about thought forms and the fourth dimension a lot. So if you want to kind of go dive deep into some of that material, you can find the links uh, below. A thought form is an energetic manifestation or creation. I'm sure you've heard thoughts are things or thoughts become things. It is along those lines. A thought is a frequency. It is an energetic creation. A thought form is something that happens when there are layers and layers of thoughts being applied. So a similar thought being replayed over and over. And so that in the energetic space, actually in the fourth dimension, there is a, a sort of form. There is a manifestation, partially partial manifestation, only partial because If it's a thought form, we're saying that it's not complete matter, dense material like my body or like this crystal. Not yet. In the realm or in the dimension of it being a thought form, it is in a certain level of creation. Now, these aren't all bad. They're not all good. 
The thing that we would really like, though, is for our pure consciousness, our being, to be master over any thought forms, whether we've created them or we have accepted them from outside. Beliefs are thought forms. A belief is something that we think over and over, and then we say, yeah, that's efficient. That's the best way to uh, live, and then I don't want to have to rethink that thought too much. So here, I'm going to put that little mechanism, that thought form, it's, a, it's, a, it's an efficiency mechanism so that I can just kind of let that be on default. We put it in our subconscious mind and we allow it to be automated. So, uh, I mean, the belief that I really should wear shoes when I leave the house so I don't cut my feet and so, you know, I can go into stores because no shoes, no shirts, no service. I don't think about that. I just put them on. I don't negotiate with it. I just put the shoes on and I go live my life and I put on the appropriate shoes. And so that's a belief that is serving me. And you can imagine all of the other ways that we would employ thought forms as beliefs. A thought form is also something that could be that could be a collective a creation or partial creations or creation in the sense of it being in the, the energetic sphere of the fourth dimension. And so a collective belief and there could also be thought forms that are created by someone else that we allow into our field. This is something that when we have our empathic nature taking things in, that if it's happening on an unconscious level, it's probably not serving us. I should be, I mean, and, and again, it's something that we all do because we've all absorbed our parents or our primary caregivers' beliefs from the time that we are young. That's the way we set up our mind is to kind of take on their beliefs and then we kind of spend the rest of our adult life undoing them and putting them back the way that we would actually prefer them. Uh, but that is a part of being a human. Uh, when the empathic nature is operating without conscious awareness, then we can absorb beliefs, thoughts, and feelings that are someone else's that we haven't chosen for ourselves, and that's not the higher function of the empathic nature. The higher function of the empathic nature is to be doing that consciously and in a way that is helpful to you and the other person, and that is, that's a whole other Oprah, as they say, a whole other charmed life. Hey everyone, it's that time of year again. Time for the Intuitive Intensive. The Intuitive Intensive is a 12-week immersive educational and group coaching program designed to blast open your psychic intuitive abilities. There's no going back. I can't unsee all the things that I've seen. I can't unfeel all the things that I've felt. It's, it's, it's been life-changing, not just because of everything that I've learned, but everything that I've experienced. I am always so afraid of being seen. That's something that makes me want to hide, but this is just making me want to come out. Class begins January 18th, 2021. If you feel called to it, if it gets you excited in your heart, do it. Just do it. Just do it. We hope to see you in class. That's what we have for thought forms. But thought forms encompass a lot of things, too. Um, thought forms also encompass what people would probably call demons. Now, I don't think of demons uh, in the classical sense of religion where they're Maybe they're fallen angels or they're, they, that the devil created them. I, I definitely have no use for any of that. It's more that the, the collective thoughtscape of humankind create fears and traumas. And when these are layered and layered and thought again and again, then maybe a thought form comes about uh, in, of that. And we have a lot of those going on right now, let me tell you. 
with everything that is going on with our social, political, <sighs> painful landscape. We're not going to talk about that. But you might hear some, you might infer some of what I'm talking about and apply it to that. That's you. Have fun if it's helpful to you. If it resonates and if it helps, great. If it doesn't, chuck it. That's always the rule. So thought forms can be a collective manifestation. That's the first thing. They could be a personal manifestation. They could be good, bad, or neutral. The way that they are bad is if they are negative and they harm and create suffering, or if they have been brought in unconsciously and they aren't serving us. And so the idea is that we're always looking for our beliefs and or thought forms and having them to be uh, either dematerialized completely, exited from our field, or reformed in a way that does help us consciously with our whole being. Attachments. Now, an attachment is, again, all in this area. Attachment really is basically a thought form of some kind that comes from the outside that is attached to your field. This is what people, if you want to translate religious stuff over into a, a less religious <laughs> thought, which I I really attempt to not have religion. I, mean, I think everyone has a personal habit of their spirituality. Once again, that's how we function with thought forms or with beliefs. But hopefully, I really, my intention is to be dogma free and for my spiritual experiencing to be personal, sovereign, expl explorative, always changing. And religion tends to be something that is received from without a set of rules. So Anyway, if I bar if I look at religion, which I have come from myself, and I do see things like uh, demons, demon possession, and everything, that is a thought form or an attachment that is taking over in that person's energy. So, if you've been paying attention, you may be you may be hearing. Wait, so is she saying that when we're triggered, we're being possessed? I mean, kind of, but not to that extreme. We've got to think about the fact when you're triggered, you could be just a little bit miffed or you could be really, really upset and you see red. So when you, when we have an activation of a thought form or an attachment or the pain body, this is giving our, giving the, the wheel, the, the uh, management and the dominance over to that energy that is when we're talking about tri being triggered, that is based in fear, that is based in fight and flight. Feeling your, your fight-flight mechanism has been activated, and now there is a personality, in a sense, or a mechanism that is being given the driver's seat. That's what happens when we're being triggered, which is why when we feel triggered, the best thing for us to do is to remove ourselves from other people so that we don't create any injury, so that we do not sin or miss the mark when we're in our anger, that we go, that we take it away and we process it. We give it our full attention too. You know, if we are engaging with someone when we are triggered, then we're not really paying attention to uh, that, that inner world, to the strength and the light within that is actually going to outseat the trigger, the pain, the injury that has been activated, the pain body or whatever it is. It is your light, it is your purity, it is that God essence within you that is going to set things right, is going to help you to connect with the person or people that you feel are creating injury to you, whether it's true or just your perception. It could be true. But your intention, even if 
in a literal sense is to remove them from your life, but your intention as a human being, as a spirit creating a physical form, is to be able to have a connection to people, even if they're on the other side of the world and you never speak to them again. You still have a human connection to them because they are you. As Alan Watts said, I look out into the cosmos and I say, ah, that's me. In the law of one, the raw material, raw consistently refers to other people when the when Ra is explaining that you connect with other people this way, Ra refers to other people as other selves, saying when you yourself are connecting with your other selves. So that's what I mean by on some dimension, higher self perspective, you want to be connected with your brothers and sisters. Again, even if on this dimension of 3D interaction and and um, actually physically being around people or communicatively, maybe it isn't right for someone to be in your life, and that's okay. However, you need them to be in your life because they are life as well. From some place, you need to be at peace with them from some place. So when we have get, when we are triggered, the steering wheel has been given to an attachment or a thought form, which is why sometimes we get in arguments and we can't believe what we said. It does not align with how we feel about that person, someone that we love. It does not align how we feel about that person. Or if we're having an argument with someone online, and let's just take the, the concept of people trolling, and they just say awful things to one another. You wouldn't say that to someone's face, probably. I mean, some people would, I guess, but they're in deep pain. But to to allow some other mechanism to take over means that the truth of who you are is not at the forefront. So what do we do if we're triggered? Well, like I said, the first thing to do is to remove yourself from the situation, from communicating with someone else, because you will you will potentially create injury to the other person, but you will create injury to yourself too because you are not operating from the truth of who you are. Go within, take care of it. Go ahead and vent it out inside, internally. See what's there. Let it all come out. Indulge it just with yourself, with compassion. So I like to think of it as creating a container. If you can visualize or imagine you've put yourself in some container, incubator, if you will, And it is a place of grace. It is a container of grace for you to express yourself, speak to yourself, have compassion for yourself, and let it come out. The more that you vent it out and let it out, you can then get to the other side of it. The way out is through. Now, there's a distinction here, though. We must remember the word indulgence. If we indulge something, that means that we are... We're patting ourselves on the back. We are fighting for our limitations. We are, we are insisting upon the importance of our pain. It, you, may, you may almost be close to that if you're just kind of venting for a while, but please have in the forefront of your mind that I'm letting this vent out. I'm, I'm exploring what is here in this mechanism that I put in the driver's seat so that I can move through it to the other side, which is the truth of who I am and the truth of who all of all of we are as one so if we're arguing for our and and if 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 you have that intention that you're going to get through it and it's taking a little time that's fine give it time sometimes i if i've i've been dealing with something and i'm angry 
and I'll be really uncomfortable because I'm angry for like another day. I'm angry for two days. I'm angry for three days. I've been meditating about this. Why am I still angry? Why haven't I gotten past it and through the sweet spot? And then, you know, it's at the most when it's a big thing like that, it's two or three days. I just keep affirming that I'm giving myself permission in this container of grace to feel my way through it, feel my way to my goal, which is loving myself and loving my brothers and sisters or whatever is going on. I'm feeling my way through it, and I know, I know that it will show up. I know I surrender to the process, and I take responsibility for who I am in the process as well. And so in your anger, do not sin. When you are triggered, do not give that thought form or attachment or pain body permission to act as best you can, as best you can. I made a mistake recently with my best friend. We had a disagreement and I was feeling triggered. And I said, we were messaging back and forth. And I said, I'm putting on my shoes right now. I'm going to go take a walk and I'm not going to message until I, I get back. And I did not honor that. Instead, I took my phone with me and I continued to listen to messages and I continued to send messages and I hurt us both. And that was because I was not the person that I truly am in the driver's seat. Now, we can get through things like that, hopefully, and we did. And how we apply this to more global circumstances is the fact that we need to recognize that when someone else triggers us, that is our problem fundamentally. That doesn't mean that someone else, whether it is an individual, uh, an entity, a government, or a, a culture. It does not mean that it, that does not need correction. But do not attempt to correct when you're in your triggered state because it is not the best you. And you can do better. And I can do better. I think it's really important for us to think about this really deeply now because when we don't give space for other people to learn and grow, then we are just fostering separation. And that's not the truth of who you are. I'm going to talk a little bit too about the law of attraction and and how the this teaching is sometimes misunderstood or misused. That'll be in an upcoming episode. And but it does have to do with how we're communicating with one another and it does have to do with that triggered state. So I thought I would mention that if you want to keep your eye out for it. So indeed, to run this down, being triggered means that we are having come bubble up to the surface, possibly taking the steering wheel, a thought form, attachment, or pain body. It can be any degree of being slightly miffed or being enraged so that you actually create a lot of harm, losing control. And it is a loss of management, I would say. It's a loss of you know, higher responsibility from a higher mind and from your heart. However, when you feel that, please remove yourself and drop down into your heart and give yourself the space and the grace to move through it. Because that's how you're going to access the truth of who you are. And that's how you're going to access higher wisdom and intelligence. And only that way, with your heart and with, in, with infinite intelligence and wisdom, can we actually make corrections. Because corrections happen by changing the heart. And when we are angry... And we are in and we are actually fighting. Fighting doesn't change hearts. Sometimes we have a fight. Eventually we get to a place where there's resolution, but it's not because of the fight. 
It's because we tire ourselves of the fight. And then finally, on the other side, we get to the place where resolution can happen, which is with is intelligence, critical thinking, love, wisdom with the heart. Hearts make the difference. Well, I think that's going to be this episode. Before I sign off, let me remind you that if you are listening in uh, January of 2020, before January 18th, we have the Intuitive Intensive Registration still open, 12-week immersive educational and group coaching program with myself and Crystalline Compton. Life-changing. Life-changing. Check the description for the link of how you could read all about the curriculum. We have a, a few more days to sign up. And I hope to see you there. And I hope to see you here as well. Please do like, subscribe, sh- subscribe, follow, and comment. Follow me on Instagram. And um, stay tuned here. Please click the bell on YouTube so that you can get updates on when the new episodes are coming out. Thanks for tuning in. I love you, whoever you are. Mm-hmm.